Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 613 Sports and the morning drive in from Vanier. Um, so we're going to cover uh, here in Ottawa, Ken Dryden uh, came to talk to the government of Canada and the government of Ontario. Also giving up uh, his little um, views on concussion studies as well. Um, he is a huge, huge advocate for that. So we'll get to that in a little bit. We're also going to talk about... Um, the potential of the re-signing with KD and Clay in Golden State um, and the huge huge news in both the NBA and the MLB with two massive trades going down um, no bigger than the NBA with uh, Anthony Davis going to my Lakers um, also uh, talk about Brooks Henderson I'm gonna talk a little bit Red Blacks uh, so yeah so uh Red Blacks played against Calgary on Saturday. Um, everyone was counting the Red Blacks being out, uh, being last place in the league with all the roster changes that happened. Uh, but Calgary did a great job um, coming out strong, taking a massive lead. They fell behind. Jonathan Davies, as first time uh, starter, had a little bit of struggles, uh, four interceptions, uh, though one was taken for a pick six on Saturday night. Um, but it looks like uh, the defense decided to put put the team on their back in the second half, keeping probably arguably one of the best offenses in the CFL at bay. Um, in fact, actually, the Calgary Stampeders and Bo Levi Mitchell did not get a single point in the second half, uh, which uh, led to the, the Red Blacks coming back and scoring enough touchdowns and enough points to win the game, Highlight, uh, capped up by a... Interception by Jonathan Jennings, um, which is kind of ironic because he was supposed to be uh, suspended for this game um, and for shoving an official during the Grey Cup final last year. Um, ended up uh, not getting the suspension re uh, revoked by the CFL um, and was able to play last night. Uh, so, kind of a controversial decision by the CFL with that one, uh, letting him play. And uh, he came up with one of the with the biggest play of the night. Um, last the last drive by Calgary, uh, a few dying seconds of the clock, and came up with a big interception. Uh, so great job, Red Blacks! Great win. Uh, starting off the season one and zero. Let's see if that if they could just build on that and continue the way they're going. Um, I mean, they just gotta be better than Montreal. Um, even though people are say, experts are saying that they're gonna be worse than Montreal this year. I don't think so. It's going to be pretty hard to be worse than Montreal. Um, but let's see what happens with the season. Uh, great start to the season, that's for sure. Other news from the weekend. Uh, Brooks Henderson uh, becoming the winningest Canadian golfer of all time with her ninth LPGA victory. Um, she now becomes the winningest men or women Canadian golfer of all time, uh, surpassing Mike Weir um, with that victory. Uh, Weir previously had eight. She is now at nine with that. Um, not a major. It wasn't a major LPGA Tour major uh, this past weekend, but still a nice achievement for the Canadian golfer who is only 21 years old. Um, so she is a great future for Canada, a Canadian golfer, women's golf as well. 
um, in Canada. So keep up the good work, Brooks. Um, you always, always, always the pride of Ottawa uh, when she goes on those on those golf courses. Um, she is. I'm not sure if you guys heard her interview or hear her interviews when she does uh, them after uh, after some uh, LPGA tours. Um, but she is very down to earth, very centralized, um, perfect interviewer. Can't ask for anything better. She's very um, confident with what she's saying. So great job, Brooks. Great achievement. Um, hope for many, many more in your young career still. Um, I mean, she's been in uh, the on the LPGA tour since she was 17, uh, 16, 17. She's now 21. And she already has nine LPGA um, championships under her belt uh, and victories under her belt. So keep up the good work, Brooks. Keep uh, representing Canada and Ottawa very well. Uh, great job on that. Saturday, we saw two massive trades in sports. One in the NBA, one in Major League Baseball. Um, so first off, first off, let's get started with um, Major League Baseball. Um, massive, massive trade with the Yankees and Seattle, where which saw Edwin Encarnacion go from Seattle to New York, play for the Yankees. Um, he's going to DH the entire time there because they've got a pretty good first baseman in, in uh, Volt. Um, so you're going to see him DHing, and that just makes the Yankees lineup even more threatening. The fact that you could throw him in into in the DH spot. Most teams, he'd be their first baseman. But he's going in in the DH spot because the team is just so stacked. He's already leading the American League in home runs this season with 22. Scheduled for the All-Star game, 100%. And he's just going to dominate even more in that somewhat weaker AL East. It's going to be weird seeing him in the pinstripe when he comes back to Toronto, but hey. Us Toronto fans were kind of used to uh, seeing multiple of our pl of our former players in the pinstripe. Uh, I'm just seeing right now we got Jay Happ over there, um, so it's it's something, and it's going to be tough to see him uh, on the other side of the field uh, wearing those pinstripes against us. So good good job for uh, the Yankees to pick up one of the best hitters in the league right now, um, and just amplifying your lineup um i hate it i hate it i hate it so hard so bad um the worst part is all the all the yankees gave up for him was a 19 year old pitching prospect for encarnacion now here hear us out here too um seattle is withholding some of uh encarnacion's salary and the yankees are taking up the bulk of it uh but one thing i did realize as well is that tampa bay actually ha have five million dollars of Encarnacion salary on the payroll so it's it's definitely something uh to look at for the Yankees um I still can't believe that uh Seattle gave up Encarnacion just for a 19 year old pitching prospect um I have to look into a little bit more on the pitching prospect himself but it's just it, it's strange to me that they gave up someone who's got 22 home runs in a pitcher-friendly park in the American League is something. Next trade that happened uh, on Saturday is the big one, Anthony Davis to Los Angeles. Massive, 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 massive trade. 
Um, working out the logistics of it um, from the looks of things. Three first-round picks are going to the Pelicans, including my, my Los Angeles team, uh, my Lakers first-round pick this year, Lonzo Ball. So trades for Anthony Davis happened on Saturday, going to none other than my Lakers. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, you might call me a bandwagon because I really only started paying attention to the Lakers with Kobe and uh, through that whole series of events. But my Lakers picked up Anthony Davis, won the lottery, got the trade done, um, and it was a massive deal. They did a lot to get Anthony Davis. They gave up a lot to get him. Um, first off, they got rid of Lonzo Ball. I'm happy. I'm never a fan of the balls. Um, BBB, gone from Los Angeles. Good for him. Um, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first-round picks going to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. Big, big trade. Can't wait to see what he has to do with LeBron. That will be very interesting to see. Can't wait for the this offseason. This is, this starts off the madness of the offseason for both uh, for the NBA as well as the madness for trade deadline in July in the Major League Baseball. So let's stay tuned for that. Also, uh, with that trade uh, done in the NBA, um, a lot of experts are wondering now what the next step is for Kawhi. How much does this affect Kawhi's decision with where he is going. People are still saying Clippers um, as a destination. I don't think so. I think he's going to stay in the East. I think he's going to end up staying in Toronto now that that is done. Um, especially if he wants to win another championship or push for another championship. Uh, Kawhi staying in Toronto makes sense for him. Makes sense for his decision. They're going to be able to offer him Supermax if they want to. Um, especially with that NBA Finals, they're going to have the money to do so now with everyone on their on the backs of the Raptors. Um, so if Toronto wants to to keep the ball rolling, to keep the uh, momentum going, um, they they should uh, resign Kawhi um, at the right now where the Raptors are at its peak, at least to another two year contract. See what happens in the next two years, two to five years. Um, it would make it would just make perfect sense for Kawhi to stay in Toronto um, and not go to the Clippers. Uh, more rumors are popping up that the Lakers are making a push for him now that they've got Davis. Um, if they do, that will be absolutely insane. Having LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard on the same team, where are you going to fit everybody? Where where is everybody going to play? Um, I mean, it's going to be the same discussion we had with Golden State when that happened. When KD joined uh, Golden State and uh, created that uh, that massive uh, five-man unit, um, they're gonna Lakers are gonna have to do something now. Uh, they essentially gave up um, their future. They gave up uh, three first-round picks uh, currently in the NBA, including two second overall picks in uh, Levar Ball, as I mentioned, and um, Ingram, as I mentioned as well. Um, so. It's it's gonna be interesting to see what uh, what the Lakers do this uh, this offseason to try and beef up their lineup because they don't have a first round pick for the next three years either, um, including this year's uh, this Thursday's fourth overall pick. Um, even though many experts are saying that past the top three, there's not nothing much in this draft. Still, 
it's it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do, especially since they want to make a push to go back to the playoffs. Uh, it's been, what, nine years since they were in the playoffs last? So, nine, seven or nine years since they were in the playoffs last. So, it's interesting to see what the Lakers will do this offseason. They need to make a huge, huge uh, splash now that they have Davis. Already made a huge splash with that trade. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see where Kawhi lands with that transaction done. Um, he has until the thirty, the 31st, uh, 30th of June, sorry, to make a decision as to whether or not he is going to opt out of his player's option and become a free agent on July 1st. Um, but again, I have a feeling he's going to opt out. I have a feeling he's going to opt out of his contract just to get that ma that max contract that he is looking for. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, come the come the thirtieth, um, everyone everyone in Canada is going to be keeping a close eye. Actually, everybody in basketball is going to be keeping a close eye on that. So Saturday, Bill Bill Myers, the general manager for Golden State, was asked about the future of two of their top three players, um, in Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Uh, both have player options that they are expecting to opt out of at the end of this uh, uh, by July first, uh, which is the beginning of free agency for the NBA. Um. I totally see that both of them are going to be opting out um, in order to get the Supermax contract um, and really get paid at the end of this season. Uh, Clay Thompson especially, I do believe he will come back. Um, one, reports are coming out that um, his father, father uh, Michael Thompson, um, was asked on Friday whether or not uh, he thought his uh, son would come back uh, to Golden State if he was offered a contract. Um, and he was, he had admitted, he had, uh, told reporters that no question, um, he will resign if he's offered a contract. As for KD, um, Bill Myers was asked and he, he said, quote, uh, I don't know. I don't know, but what more could you ask for him? Uh, he's been everything. Uh, so that's, uh, showing a little bit more respect to the player himself, uh, despite everything that happened in, uh, at the end of the season, with uh, reports that uh, coming from head office that uh, they questioned his integrity and everything like that, and uh, that he was being forced into the game uh, in the end, uh, and head office was going to the doctors, uh, telling them to force him into the game and say that he's good to go, even though he wasn't ready. Um, but that's that's all spec uh, speculation and circumspect when it comes to that. So we don't actually know what's going on with the relationship between KD and head office there. So we uh, wait and see. Um, he has admitted that uh, they are going to offer them contracts despite the injury. Uh, reports are coming out that Clay will be will miss the next eight nine months uh, with that torn ACL, um, and that that's something else too. Like Clay Thompson was ready to come back in. He was jumping up and down in the locker room from reports. Um, and begging to come back into the game, but that's just the type of player Clay Thompson is, and head office and the Golden State um, organization had shut him down uh, at the end of the game. Uh, could they have used him? Yes. Uh, would have damaged his ACL even more? Yes. Um, and it was good with that. If it wasn't for KD, would they have uh, stopped him? Probably not. But it's interesting to think about and to discuss. Um, on that note. 
Kevin Durant is another story altogether. Who knows what's going to happen with that whole Achilles injury and Achilles issue uh, now that he's having surgery on it to repair the ruptured Achilles. It is going to be a minimum of a year before he is back um, and fully ready to go. Um, so the fact that they are coming out saying that they're going to offer them Supermax is good on the organization um, despite everything and despite the fact that they are both injured and going to be starting the year out injured and may not come back fully uh, 100% at the beginning when they are when they do come back. That being said, um, I do maybe see a potential of a sign and trade or even a sign to Supermax and trade uh, KD at the very least. Uh, but again, they've got this brand new stadium that they're moving into that they got to pay for. So I don't think that, uh, they will do that. Um, I don't think that they'll just drop Supermax on both players, um, without the expectation of them playing in the near future for them. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with Kevin Durant. Do I think he's going to resign? No. Um, but it all depends on what comes out of the injury situation and how he felt like the whole situation with Golden State was treated. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Supermax is definitely coming their way uh, in terms of offers. Uh, Clay is definitely re-signing with Golden State. Kevin Durant, I don't think will re-sign with Golden State. I think he's had enough with uh, California life. I think he's going to go back to New York or go to New York um, and play for the Knicks. Uh, that is my opinion. I would love to see him uh, actually with Los Angeles, but I don't think he is, uh, seeing as uh, reports are coming out that Anthony Davis is very, very close to being traded to Los Angeles. They're just working out the finer details with a secondary, with a third team um, to get that deal finalized. Uh, so we'll see. It's, it's going to be a definitely an interesting uh, offseason in the NBA uh, with all three of these guys uh, being potentially being on the move. Alright guys, so big day today, uh, Ken Dryden, one of my favorite goalies of all time, in fact I honestly think he is the greatest goalie of all time, um, being uh, well decorated with the Montreal Canadiens um, and everything like that, he laid the groundwork, he is a Conn Smythe Trophy, Rookie of the Year Trophy winner, Rookie of the Year winner, uh, multi Stanley Cup, in fact he's got five Stanley Cups in eight seasons with Montreal, um, quit playing uh, professional hockey to pursue his career as a politician. Currently um, in Canada, he is in the Liberal Party uh, of Canada. Huge, huge sports person for um, sports health as well as concussion uh, awareness. Um, he was here in Ottawa, um, our nation's capital, uh, for the Sports Information Resource Center um, expo expose, um, representing um, essentially the government with everything they want to do and put in place with Rowan's Law, everything like that. So he was just on uh, TSN 1200, which is a local sports radio station here in Ottawa. And he was saying how and comparing everything with, uh, sport, with sports injuries and concussions and concussion awareness um, to the tobacco companies and how uh, commissioners of today's league are sounding a lot like the tobacco companies in the late 90s, early 2000s, where they were flat out rejecting any kind of notion of uh, the relations between smoking tobacco and uh, health uh, effects of it, like cancer, um, heart attacks, all that stuff. So 
his comparison to that is uh, taken into account what uh, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the National Hockey League, had said uh, in, back in May with the fact that he is still to this day claiming uh, that there is no link between concussion and CTE. Um, despite all the evidence that is showing so so far with all the research with the research that we've done so far uh, to this point so with that being said um, one of the big things that uh, he is saying is um, we are in the mindset today that oh well that's how it's been that's how it's been forever um, we can't change now I've gone on record and saying I'm a grumpy old man in a 28 year old body um, in a young man's body but there are some things that I do take passion about and that is concussion and that is the fact that we need to be careful with our athletes' bodies. Um, there, there have been too many cases of suicide between, of high-profile athletes because of concussions and depression and stuff like that. So when Ken Dryden was saying that um, this whole narrative that we're in about, oh, that's the game, the, is how, how, always how it has been, it hasn't, and he even brought it up. Um, hockey has been around since 1875, where McGill's, McGill's rugby team started it out as a off-season training um, activity, was to play hockey. So right there, right there, you've got rugby, which honestly, to me, I would expect that to be one of the most destructive bodily games there is uh, in terms of concussion, concussions and stuff and obviously you could get a concussion from rugby but you look at the difference between the hits in rugby and the hits in hockey or the hits in baseball and football sorry and it's it's night and day rugby have much cleaner hits you rarely see a headshot they it's all shoulder to shoulder they never lead in with the head or the elbow they, they're going for the chest on chest shoulder on chest shoulder on shoulder it's there's there's no there's no contact with the head at all. So, in that with that being said, that that just brings me to believe that there is a possibility of change of teaching these kids how to properly hit, teach them like hit, teach them hitting like a rugby player. Don't teach them hitting like a hockey player. Don't teach them hitting like the guys in the NFL because that is not the proper way of hitting. That is how you injure someone. So what he was saying is for for that period of time where it was all rugby players playing you didn't have helmets you didn't have these massive equipments they were playing like rugby players with no equipment whatsoever um and the rules changed it, for 50 years uh, you could not make a forward pass in hockey it was like rugby you had to pass it back you had to skate it up and that brought more skills and then they brought and then they introduced the forward passing when the nhl came into effect in 1920 in 1923 so with that being said there is still the possibility of being able to change this narrative, to change this way of thinking, um, and reducing the amount of concussions that are plaguing our sports community to this day. Um, and it is a plague. I'm sorry, it is a plague. Um, it is bad. We're getting worse. The players, athletes are getting stronger. They're getting faster. There's no more of this three months and done kind of and go do a secondary job kind of thing. It is a 12 month process to be a professional athlete or even an amateur athlete to these days you need to be on ice or off ice doing your training um, no matter what sport I say ice because I'm talking about hockey right now but any sport whatsoever it's a 12 month grind it's not just a five month three month season 
you're done. No, it's a 12 month grind to be the best. Um, so why not teach these athletes how to properly protect oneself and protect others in the process? You don't need to go for the massive hit to the head. A shoulder hit is more than enough. A shoulder on shoulder hit is what you want. Um, don't try and go in aiming and injuring these guys. Some of these guys don't mean to injure, but it is still the fact that they are not being taught how to properly hit. They're being taught how to um, essentially injure people because of what they see in, in hockey, what they see on TV. What they see on TV is not the proper way of doing it. The, that is a lazy way of doing it. Teach them young, teach them how to hit, teach them how to take a hit in a corner, and that will... That's essentially what you need to do. I agree with Ken Trident. The narrative needs to needs to change um, when it comes to physical health and acknowledging it. And he he put it he put it to the best. Ken uh, Gary Bettman, the commissioner, would get fucked by Gary Bettman, the lawyer. If Gary Bettman, the lawyer, were were to re represent one of these players that have have been injured with concussion or have or one of these families with with a player that have been uh, that committed suicide and then diagnosed with CTE afterwards um, goes up against Gary Bettman the commissioner he fucking loses day in and day out so why is he still so adamant about the fact that there's no connection why are these commissioners in the league so adamant about the connection because it's quote unquote how the game is now, that narrative has to stop, and I agree with Ken Dryden. I agree with what he's doing in the, in the league and what he, what he brings to, or in the sports community, and what he brings to it as well. And I hope he continues the hard work. I hope he gets the support by the governments um, to continue with this. And I hope the leagues finally realize that the message that he is sending needs to take effect. As for local news as well, um, with the Ottawa Senators, uh, came out uh, yesterday that the Sens are looking to um, qualifying their UFAs and RFAs, including uh, Duclair, which I'm happy about. Duclair did a very, very good job. I think he found a, finally found a home in Ottawa. Uh, we'll see. I say sign him to a one or two year contract for the time being see how he does um, in Ottawa, see if he goes regresses back to the Duclair that we know that's been bounced around the league since he started uh, four years ago, um, bouncing from team to team. I say give him a chance, give him a shot in Ottawa. He seemed to have uh, found a home. Um, where I'm interested to see what he does. I like the player personally. I like how he did in Ottawa. I liked what he did with, uh, with the team that, he, that we have. Um, well, I'm interested to see what the new coach, how he reacts with him. Um, let's see, uh, let's see what that. Um, as far as the other ones, uh, Colin White got concussed in the World Championships, but uh, he's been a very, very good player for Ottawa um, over the last little bit. Took a little bit of dive when Mark Stone uh, left Ottawa, but again, everyone did. Mark Stone was the heart and soul of the team, um, and. He played a big role. He played a huge role for Ottawa. Um, I'm interested to see what Colin White will do, how Colin White will fare, what his offseason um, work will amount to from this uh, this past offseason. 
just because uh, they might try him out at center, try him out to, to be center for the second line or even the third line, uh, depending on how Logan Brown get, comes up with. Um, Colin White's a very, very good winger. Uh, interested to see what he does um, and how, how the Sens will approach him for uh, his next contract, whether they're going to just give him a... Uh, qualifying offer whether they're going to try and uh, give him a long-term contract I say give him a three-year give him a three-year contract see how he does um, worst case scenario you trade him you you cut your losses but I think he's going to be a good player I think he's going to do very well under the new regime uh, where he might have a little bit more of a uh, important role uh, in this team with the young guys that's Having been uh, in the NHL for the last three years, at least be able to, to talk to the young guys with uh, how to how to perform in this uh, this NHL. Um, and finally, the last piece of the Ottawa Senators discussion is the Cody CC contract. Um, they're saying that they want to get, get him on a long-term contract. Personally, I've been a huge advocate to getting rid of Cody CC. I know he's a great player. I know many experts are still saying that he's a top four defenseman in the NHL. Um, he hasn't shown it in Ottawa yet. Um, I find he's very flat-footed. He is a liability defensively. Um, I don't think he's had a plus season in the NHL since he came up. Um, I could be mistaken on that. But I just find that he has mentally some mental mistakes all the time. I don't think the sense should pursue him I think they should just cut cut their losses now and thank him for his services and part ways the CC the CC experiment uh, from um, from Brian Murray to Dorian that's enough I it, it hasn't panned out to or amounted to anything successful um, with CC he still hasn't found his identity um, whether he wants to be a defensive or an offensive forward doesn't put up the points that for an offensive forward or a defensive—I uh, mean, defensive defenseman or an offensive defenseman. Sorry. Um, so the stats, the, the cybermetrics and the stats don't lie. These and even when I watch the games um, on the on TV, he is a liability. He is a liability defensive. He is a liability in the neutral zone. He's a liability in the defensive zone, and he doesn't put up the numbers. And he doesn't put up enough numbers offensively. To warrant him being a, def a liability in the off in the defensive or the neutral zone, he is no Carlson. He's not an he's not an Eric Carlson where, or or these guys or Brent Burns where you can you you can overlook some defensive laps or some mental laps defensively um, because they put up the numbers offensively. You can't do that. It's not possible with him. Um, when you look at the numbers, they're just not there. Um, it's tough to say because he's a local boy he's an Ottawa boy but I'm sorry I think it's time to wash our hands with CC um, and thank him for his services and see if he see if a change of scenery makes him better um, that's my opinion on that um, again it's up to the head office with and Dorian with that they want to re-sign him I don't think they should I'm, I'm not the only one in Ottawa who thinks so there's a huge following on that one um, but yeah Well, that's it for me for today, guys, for this uh, drive-in from Vanier. I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, give me a follow at, at 613sports on Twitter. Um, and like this channel. Um, I very much appreciate it, guys. 
Um, and stay tuned uh, for the next uh, Let's Talk Sports with me and, War and my man Worry. Uh, we'll, we'll try and get one of those out before uh, the NBA draft on Thursday. So thank you for listening, guys, and have yourselves a wonderful day.